Welcome to this teaching. Today I'm going to talk a little about the Book of Acts. I'm going to give you some background to the Book of Acts and help you to see that the Book of Acts is like a diary of some of the first disciples, how they were living. And if we truly believe that Jesus is the same yesterday, today and forever, then our diary today somehow should look like what we are reading here because Jesus is the same. And I believe that this teaching can help you to come into the life God have called you to, to become the disciple he have called you to. So your life can look like their life. Your life is going to look like what we read in the book of Acts. So God bless you with this teaching. Bye-bye. Welcome to this teaching. Today I'm going to talk a little about the Book of Acts, something I look forward to talk about. But before I'm going to start, I just want to pray. God, we thank you for everything you're doing, God. God, and I pray for this teaching now, and I pray for the things you want me to share, God. God, come with your Holy Spirit and help me to share what you want me to share. Let me be led by your spirit, God. And I pray for everybody who's seen this teaching that this is going to open their eyes. This is going to set them free. Open their eyes, God. I pray. Open their ears, God, so they can hear from you, God. Open their hearts, God. And help them to come in and live the life you have called them to. Each and every one of them, God. God, I pray for this teaching that you will help me right now in the name of Jesus. Amen. I look forward to be together with you and give you this teaching. Uh, I love talking about the Book of Acts. I'm, for me, it's like something I always do when I'm out. There is something special in the Book of Acts, and I'm going to show you something from the Book of Acts today I think you have never heard before. Something that can help you to understand the Book of Acts and help you to understand what the normal Christian life is. And this is all the teaching, what it's all about. To somehow get you to get the Christians into the normal Christian life as you read in the Bible. And this is like the third teaching out of 20. But already now I have got many testimonies. The first two teachings, it have come out to many people and people are so happy. And if you don't know it, some days ago I experienced that God spoke to me suddenly. I was out praying and it came that he wanted me to just release the first two teachings. So the first two lessons is now on YouTube, is now on the website, thelastreformation.com, and everybody can see it. And I just want to do what God is telling me to do. I take like one step at a time. I don't know how this is going to end up with. I don't know what I'm going to talk about next time or next time again. I do like one thing at a time. And um, yeah, and now the two first two lessons is out. So everybody can go and see it. So, but I've got a lot of testimonies from the first two teaching. Uh, 
was a lady who wrote to me that that she 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 loved it. She loved every word of it, and and it just had changed her. And she have just some days ago led one somebody to Christ. And this is 13 years ago since she last have done that. One wrote to me today that oh Tommy, Thomas, I need to talk to you. I have just seen many people get healed, and I have seen one get saved now, and I'm going to baptize him. I need you to help me how to do it. I'm going to talk about how to do it later, but already now I get a lot of testimonies where people already now led people to Christ. They experience people get saved or healed through their hands by just giving some small teaching. Because this teaching, as you see, is so different from what we are used to and we need to change our mindset. And if we change our mindset, then we start to live the life. It's somehow so simple. So, so I'm so happy for what God is doing during the first two lessons and I look forward to continue today. Um, there is something people ask me about what I said last time. I said it very short and I want to start, start with this. Last time I said that you don't need the gift of healing to heal the sick. And I explained it a little, but this is so new in many people's minds. So, so they have to hear it again and again and again. And I just want to talk a little about the whole part with the gift. We are Christ's body, you and me. When we got saved, he sent us here on earth with his Holy Spirit. The body of Christ is living stones, you and me. I talked about that last time. And the Bible says that we are all priests. So everybody of you can baptize, can share communion, can do everything the Bible's, Bible tells you to do. So somehow, when you got born again, you got saved, you received, when you received the Holy Spirit, you got the same power that raised Jesus from the dead. So there is not more you need when it comes to power. What you need is to start to walk in it, start to somehow learn what God has given you. And this is somehow so simple. When I see people get saved now, what we often do with new people when they get saved, we pray for them and then they repent and we pray and they get baptized with the Holy Spirit, they start to speak in tongues. Then we go out and baptize them. And there's one more thing we do the same day. We take them out and let them pray for sick people so they get healed. We don't talk about the gift. We don't talk about all of those things. We just show them that they already have it in Christ. And God heals through them. God set people free from demons to them, through them. Because it's not that they need anything more. Because when they just got baptized with the Holy Spirit, when they receive the power of God, they have everything they need. So with new people, it's so simple. We just say, come on, let's go out and do it. And they do it from the first day on. With older people, or people who have come in church sometime, they come with a lot of Christians. Yeah, but, but uh, I, I don't have the gift of healing. What if, and all of those things. New people don't come with that. This is church people who come with that. And to be honest, much of our problem today, when it comes to serve God, it's not something we have got from before we got saved, but it's something we have got from the church because of the mindset we get when we get saved. 
Because when we get saved, we get a mindset that is so different from what the Word is saying. I same with my own life. I got saved into a church movement where it was really like the hierarchy was like this, where we have the man of God in the top. And when I got saved, I want to serve God. And I remember one day, I was like, there came the big speaker and I took some water to him so he could speak. And I was like, whoa, now the man of God is here. And I was so excited because this man of God, whoa, God would God use him. God is close to this man. And I remember one time where I was at the toilet and I was standing washing my hands after being at the toilet. And behind me, the toilet door opened. And in two seconds, I really got a shock because do you know who came out of the toilet? The speaker from the, tonight, the, the speaker who was going to speak, the man of God. He came out of the toilet just behind me. And I got a shock because, what, do you know what? In two seconds, I just thought like, whoa, do he go to toilet like us? I thought that. But, but if I ask people from the church if they thought he was going to toilet, of course, everybody would say, yes, of course he go to toilet, like us. But remember, I was so new in it. I have just experienced the power of God. I have just experienced the Holy Spirit. And I came into a setting, into a mindset. Nobody had told me that. But just after a few months, I have some glasses on me. And through my glasses, I saw those people, those men of God, those people who were speaking on the pulpit, pulpit, like somebody who was up high, high, high there, close to God, and me down, down here. And I got that mindset very fast. And it was so crazy. So I was like, whoa, do he go to the toilet? Do he do those things? I thought he was so holy in everything he done, did that he didn't need to go to the toilet anymore. I know it's crazy today. But I just want to say, I got that mindset that to serve God was for few people who have a special gift. And I can see that mindset somehow, maybe not as crazy as I came from, but that mindset is all over the place. So people today are waiting in the church to receive something they already have. And people are waiting for God to give them a gift. Because, but they don't need the gift. They need obedience. They need to go out on the word of God. And I want to explain a little more about it. We have like the fivefold ministry, apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, shepherd. In Ephesians 4.11. In Corinthians, it's also talking about the gift where... It said like apostle, apostle, prophet, and there you read the gift of healing and other kind of gifts. So we could also put like the gift of healing in here together with those things. But what is the gift? The gift is have two purposes and two things. The gift is for the common use. It's like for the whole body. The gift is never for one person. The gift is for the whole body. And the gift is to equip the saint to do the ministry. Ephesians 4, 11, 12 is saying that. So the gift is to equip people, the saint, you and me, so we 
as believers can do what we are called to do. And what is that? We are all priests. We are the body of Christ. So it's not everybody who's apostle. It's not everybody who's a prophet. It's not everybody who's an evangelist, a pastor, shepherd, or have the gift of healing. Often we put those, those gifts at the top, and then we have like the Christian in the bottom, here, down here. But those gift is gift that is to equip people. If I look at my life, I'm strong like an evangelist in, in that, and I use that to equip people in that. I'm somehow strong in healing, and I use that to equip people in that. But to be honest, I'm not. My gift is not first. I'm a evangelist, or I have the gift of healing. No. What I am is I'm am a disciple of Jesus Christ. And, and to be disciple of Jesus Christ is what everybody is. Maybe you work as a prophet or evangelist or apostle, but you are first a disciple of Jesus Christ. And then as a disciple of Jesus Christ, you are strong in some areas. It's not a position, but it's a function. So if you are strong as a prophet, the function as a prophet, then you use that gift for the whole body to help the whole body to learn to prophesy. For example, I was strong in healing and I did that, but prophecy was not my part. But it's not like I have to choose. Do I want healing? Do I want prophecy? Do I want to do that? Do I want to do that? No, we have everything in Jesus Christ. But then I met a friend who was really strong in the prophecy things. So I saw how he was doing it. And his gift equipped me or learned me to do it. So now I, prophesy, uh, now, now I can prophesy over people. Because he helped me to open my eyes to show me what I already have in Jesus Christ. It was not like he laid his hand on me and gave me a gift of prophecy. No. He's, <laughs> the gift he has is to somehow show me and help me the way because I have it already in Jesus Christ. So often we have like a disciple is in our mindset, we have the ministries here in the top and then we have the disciples under them. But it's not like that. We have the disciples, we are all disciples, but then we have different functions, not position, but functions in the church. And those are somehow to help to lay a foundation so we as disciples can build on that foundation. So it's not like they are over us. We are all disciples of Christ. This is our calling, everybody of us. But some of those disciples is strong in that area and this gift, they help to equip the rest to be strong in that area. Some is strong in pastor, in shepherding, and they somehow help the body to do that. For example, it's not everybody who's a prophet, but everybody can prophesy. It's not everybody who's an evangelist, but everybody can evangelize. It's not everybody who's a teacher, but everybody can teach other somebody. It's not everybody who's a pastor, but everybody can show love and, <laughs> and take care of other people. So it's not like, if you don't have the gift, you should not do it. I heard people say, yeah, I don't have the gift of healing, so I cannot heal the sick. 
It's the same like saying, oh, I'm not a teacher, so I cannot teach anybody something, anything. Or, I'm a pastor, so I don't show love and I don't call somebody and ask them how they are because this is not my calling. Of course it's your calling. We, we, our calling is to be here in Christ's place. Because what is our calling? If you go to 2 Corinthians in the Bible, in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, we can read verse 17. Anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone and something, a new life has been gone. So if when anybody is in Christ, he's a new person. But if you continue reading the context, the Bible says that we are now ambassador for Christ. You are an ambassador from, of Christ. I am an ambassador for Christ. This is somehow our calling. This is another word. We are disciple of Christ or we are ambassador of Christ. This is our calling, everybody, you and me. So, so this is the word disciple. This, in the Bible, they use the word disciple. Jesus never used the word Christians. The word Christian came many years, 11 years after Jesus was on earth. He used the word disciple, go out and make disciples, make disciples. He used the word disciple over 200 times. The word Christian is only like three times in the Bible. And first time was three years, 11 years after Jesus was on earth. In um, the book of Acts chapter 11, 26, I think. So, but there were disciples, but after some years, there were some people who looked saw those disciples and they gave them a nickname. The nickname was Christian. Why did they start to call the disciples of Christ Christians? Because they look like Christ. Christian means little Christ. They look like Christ because they did what Christ was doing. They healed the sick. They was led by the Spirit. They prophesied. They did what Jesus was doing and what Jesus had commanded them to do. And for the people to, for the disciples to become good, for anybody of us to become good disciples, for everybody of us to become the ambassador for Christ in our everyday life, God had given gift to the church, gift, functions, somehow to equip us, to help us. So if I need to be strong in the prophecy, I, there is somebody who is strong in the prophecy. He's a prophet. He helped me so I can also prophesy. There is one who's an evangelist. He's really good in that area and he equipped me so I can be stronger that way and so on and so on. So is everybody who's a prophet? No. But can everybody prophesy? Yes, of course. Is everybody who's an evangelist? No. Can everybody evangelize? Yes. Is everybody who has the gift of healing? No. Can everybody heal the sick? Yes. Why? Because you don't need the gift. The gift is there to equip you. And because you do it, don't mean that you... If I, prophes if I go and prophesy over a person, it don't mean I'm a prophet. If I share Jesus to some person, don't make me an evangelist because I share Jesus. If I heal a person, don't make me the, somebody who has the gift of healing. 
But if I then have a meeting where I somehow teach the body of Christ in that time and help them to come into the, into the prophecy thing, then you can say that I use the function as a prophet. And I can do that, but I'm not so good in that than other people, because there is other people who are stronger in equipping people in that area. So it's one thing to have a gift to be one who equip other people. It's another thing to just be a uh, disciple of Christ, an uh, ambassador of Christ, and do what he has called us to do. And again, I want to say that this mindset, we have to change it about the gift. Don't talk about gift. It, it, it's like people are like, what about this? What about this? The Corinthians saying that, Corinthians saying that. All the people who get lost into this lose the power and lose the Holy Spirit and the life they're longing for. And it's like that. What do we see today? We see people when they get saved. Whoa, they're on fire, they love Jesus. They're on fire, they talk about Jesus, they pray for people, they experience how the Holy Spirit is, is uh, talking to them. They experience a lot of things. And then they go to a Bible school. After they've been on a Bible school, then what then? Then they have a lot of knowledge. They know exactly how to be correct in that area and what that verse is saying and what that verse is saying. Yes, they have a lot of knowledge. But where is the life? And to be honest, I have seen it. I, I have people who have loved Jesus, who want to serve God, who want to make disciples, who want to build churches, who want really to, to live for Jesus Christ. And then they went to a Bible school. And afterward, they, have, they are so correct. Like, no, this is not the way to do it. You have to do it like this. And this is saying this. And this is saying this. They know everything in their mind, but do they actually do it? No. The people who are often so into being do it the right way is the people who don't do it themselves. I just want to say that. So, so, so don't get lost. I believe we have to do it the right way, but don't get lost in that area. I think it's better to just do it and see how this is working in everyday life. And when you experience that this is working and you then go to the word of God and read, you understand what the word is saying because now you have an experience in that area. So you know what the word is really talking about because you have done it. Yeah, so this was just what I want to say. We are all ambassador of Jesus Christ. This is the focus. We are all disciples of Jesus Christ. If I then need to know where do I go in the Bible to see what a disciple is? Do I go to the Old Testament? No. Of course I do. This is the Word of God. But again, the Old Testament is before Jesus Christ. What about the Gospels? Yes and no, because there you can see what Jesus is calling us to as disciples, what he has commanded us to do. You can see about his teaching and how he called his first disciples and sent them out and what they were going to do. And we're going to look at that later. Where do I then go? I go to the book of Acts. Because this is after the cross, after the Holy Spirit got poured out, or after, after Jesus died, rose again and everything. This is the first church. And Jesus' command to us was go out and make disciples of all nations. 
And I'm going to look at the book of Acts now, and we're going to I'm going to tell you a little about the book of Acts, the story about the book of, uh, behind the book of Acts, so you can understand what the book of Acts is about. You can read about different persons. You can read about Peter. You can read about uh, uh, Stephen. You can read about Philip, and you read a lot about Paul. There is also other persons, but this is somehow the key person you read about in the book of Acts. The book of Acts is not about the first apostles, because where do you read about John in the book of Acts? Of course, you read that with the apostles' hands, a lot of things happened. But you don't read like what John experienced, or what Andreas experienced, or Philip experienced, or Thomas, or Bartholomeus, James, and so on. You don't read what they experience. Do Philip, for example, the Apostle Philip, do he experience a lot of things with God? Yes. Do Thomas experience a lot of things with God? Yes. Do Bartholomeus experience a lot of things with God? Yes. But you don't read about it in the book of Acts. Why not? Because the book of Acts is not the book of the first apostles. What is the book of Acts then? It's interesting because if you start the book of Acts, you read, In my first book I told you, Theophilus, about everything Jesus began to do and teach. So the book of Acts is written by Luke. And he starts the book of Acts in my first book, I told you, Theophilus. Mm -hmm. So the book of Acts is written by Luke and is written to one person called Theophilus. And the book of Acts is like the second letter from Luke to Theophilus because he writes in my first book. The first book or the first letter is Luke. And if you go to the Gospel of Luke, you can read that this letter is again from Luke to Theophilus. And he, he says there in verse 3, I also have decided to write and careful accord for you, most honorable Theophilus. And he so on and so on. Everything Jesus did. And, and So he, the Luke, have written two letters. The first letter was Luke. The Gospel of Luke, the next letter is the book of Acts. He's written it to one person, Theophilus. And he's saying in Luke, like, honorful Theophilus. So he's putting that person, Theophilus, up here like, whoa, most honorful Theophilus, I'm writing to you. Why do he write like most honorful Theophilus? <laughs> what many scholars believe, and I believe that also, that Theophilus was the lawyer who was going to take Paul to court in Rome. Paul, he was going to go to Rome where he was going to go from a judge in the court and he needed a lawyer. And somebody thinks, and I think that also, that Luke, he wants to really give the background about Paul, Jesus, everything to this lawyer, Theophilus. So he starts to write the letter of Luke 
and write all about Jesus, really in details about Jesus. He then continued with the Holy Spirit, as Jesus told you, you know, told them, He's, how the Holy Spirit came and Peter and what happened in the first time there, and then how Paul got saved. And what is interesting, when Paul first come into the picture, you don't go back and read about other person. Now it's like only Paul, only Paul. And you read again and again how Paul got saved and he goes there and he tells his story how he got saved again. And, and, and you see like really Paul's life in detail. So we know much, much more about Paul than we know about Peter if you go in the book of Acts. And you know much, about Paul, much more about Paul than you know about the rest of the apostles altogether when we go to the book of Acts. Why? Because the book of Acts is written from Luke about the journey onto Paul and about Paul's life because the book of Acts is ending. Suddenly nowhere is ending where Paul is sitting and waiting for he's going to get a trial in Rome and he needs the judge who's in a lawyer to help him and I believe this is Theophilus. So this is a little background and somehow if we know that background we can also see that it's wrong somehow to call it the book of Acts, uh, uh, the book of the first apostles, because it's not the book of the first apostles. It's not about all the apostles. It's a letter where you see a picture, a small picture of the background, what happened, and then it's mostly about Paul. And, and now we are going to go to the book of Acts. And I'm going to, we're going to take some stories and you're going to see a little of how the first, I don't want to say apostles because it's not all apostles, how the first disciples of Christ, ambassador of Christ, how they were living, how they were continuing Jesus' work here on earth. And if you go to book of Acts chapter 10. Uh, chapter 10 is one of my favorite uh, books or letters or chapters in the book of Acts where you read about Cornelius, how he called Peter. And, and this is also a special thing because uh, this is the first time they went out to the non-Jews, to the heathen. To the, uh, and, and that's why it's so important to have here and also for Luke to get into the book of Acts to give us that story. In chapter 10, what do you read there? You read about there was a man called Cornelius. And an angel spoke to Cornelius and said, send somebody to Peter. And he sent somebody to Peter and they came to Peter's house. Peter was praying and he saw a vision and God spoke to him from heaven and said, Peter, go down, follow those people to Cornelius and his house. So Peter went down. And suddenly Peter, he was in Cornelius' house, a person he didn't know, he had never met before, and he was there in this house. And he was sent by the Holy Spirit, and Peter spoke, and the Holy Spirit fell over everybody who was listening, and he like, okay, let's baptize them water, and they got baptized. So it was what Peter experienced in the book of Acts, chapter 10. My question is, is Jesus the same yesterday, today, and forever? He is. 
Is the Holy Spirit the same yesterday, today and forever? Yes. And if we are all disciples, so what Peter experienced at that time, we have the same Holy Spirit inside of us. Can we experience that today? Yes. Not exactly there, because there was also a message in that, but we can experience the same today, that we get a vision, angelically speaking. The Holy Spirit is leading us, people are getting saved, people are getting baptized in water and the Holy Spirit. We can experience that like Peter, and this was a, not a Sunday in a church, this was an everyday life for Peter. And we see a little of Peter's life there, how God worked through him. I want to tell a testimony where you can see that somehow this is the same today. Some years ago, when I somehow started, as I said, when I started to take my glasses off me, all the religious glasses, it's not about sitting in a church Sunday morning and doing church things. You can also do that, yes, but it's about living some disciple of Jesus, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, about knowing who we are in Christ and what Jesus has commanded us to do. When I started to see that, I started to see, experience things like the Book of Acts. And one experience was some years ago, I was out camping with my family a weekend. We took a weekend for camping. And, and God works everyday life also when you're out camping. So one night, when I was coming, I got a dream. In the dream, I was suddenly standing fishing. And each, line, the li each time the line touched the water, I caught a fish. And I was standing with the fish in the hand, and I was thinking, what a funny fish, because it didn't look like a fish I had known before. It had funny shapes and funny colors. And somebody came to me in the dream and said, what is that? He explained to me what it was without, I did remember what he says. But I lay the fish down, okay, a fish like this. <laughs> Line out again, and a new fish. Also funny, different, but funny. <laughs> and in the dream, I catch five fish. And when I got number five, I was again thinking funny fish, but then I remember, no, I have catched that before. So I suddenly saw that it was not because the diff fish was funny, it was just some fish I haven't seen and experienced before. And when I woke up, I knew this dream was from God. I was so sure of that. And immediately God spoke to me that the dream mean that God wants to send me to people from other countries, other cultures, living in Denmark. And it was what I experienced, that dream. Okay, other countries, other cultures, cultures living in Denmark or also living in Denmark. And when I got a dream, I started to took the clothes on, went out praying. Oh God, I thank you for the dream and you're going to send me to people from other nations and cultures who's living also in Denmark. God, God, you're going to send me out. And I was praying that. And while I was praying that, suddenly beep, beep, I got an email on my telephone. And I took the email and this was from a young guy from Pakistan who was living in Copenhagen, the capital in Denmark, and he wrote to me, Torben, can you come and pray for me? And normally I will not jump in a car and go to Copenhagen, it's like three, four hours from we, where we are, and I have to go over some bridges, and it costs a lot of money to go over the bridge. I don't want to, I don't go there just to pray for somebody I don't know. 
but God had just given me the dream. And because God had given me the dream, I just wrote back, yes, I will come. I knew I should go with him. Like Peter, he got the vision. And they came and Peter followed them. I got a dream. And instead of he, he came to me, he just sent an email. Because now, of course, we are living in different times. We have emails, we have airplanes, we have video camera. We have a lot of things they don't have. But the spirit is the same. So I got this email and I wrote to him, I will come to you. And then something happened, uh, I can also tell that. Uh, me and my wife, we are living like in faith. We don't have big salary. Uh, we, uh, we, we are like living everyday life. Jesus have to send us some money. Uh, people have to support us somehow or do something because this is the way we live. And we don't talk so much about it because we want God to show that this is he who's working. Um, and what we experienced that day, where I was going to go to Copenhagen on Friday, on Monday morning, I didn't have any money. And I have a bill who have to be paid that Monday. And it was like 400 US dollars. And I didn't have 400 US dollars. I didn't have any money. And I didn't have money to the gasoline to go to the place and money to go over the bridge. What do you then do? You pray. So I was walking and praying, God, I thank you for the dream. I'm going to Copenhagen on Friday. It's going to be good, God. And I was so excited about that dream that God wants to send me there. And I said, God, but I don't have any money, God. You know, I have the bill, God. It had to be paid today, God. $400. I need the money now, God. And while I was going and praying that, suddenly a man with a dog came in front of me. And I was like, move, I want to be alone here. Go, go away. But he was walking the same speed as me. And I was like, I was thinking, shall I stop, go slow, slower, or shall I go faster and, and go around him? Because I want to be alone here. But suddenly there came a thought to me, go this way. So I went away from the small path I was walking and went into a big road. And when I came into a big road, I was like walking 10 meters and then I stopped and then I looked around. And I like said, I've never been here before. Oh, no, why do I walk here? No, now the man with the dog is gone. Now I can go back. But then I, when I started to go back, I was like, no, 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 no. And I was standing like this. No, God. God, you want me to walk here, don't you? Yes. God, you want me to walk on this road right now. So I was walking. God, why do you want me to walk here? I have never been here before. I have never walked here before. Why do you want me to walk here? And I was saying that. When I was saying that, suddenly a car came on that road and stopped in front of me, Eep! a man took down his window and said, Torben, come here. And I was like, hi. And there was a Christian from another church. I don't know him so good, but, but I like, we have, hello, like you do often when you meet Christian from other churches. So I, I went to him and said, hey, how, how are you? And fine. And what about you? Yeah, I'm fine. I, I have got a dream. I'm going to come hang on Friday. And I started to tell him about the dream because I was so excited about this. And he was sitting in the car. And then he said, stop, 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 Tom. Stop. Do you have any money? 
And I was like thinking, okay, interesting question. And I, but I was saying like, God provide. And I continued telling him about the dream. He said, stop, 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 Tom. I just feel like I should give you $400. Okay. Okay, if, if you want to. Yeah, I just stopped the car and you're going to get the money. And he pulled in, stopped the car and came out to me. And I was surprised. So I went to him and he gave me first $100. And he, he said, here's the first money. And I said, thank you, thank you. And then I want to show him that God had just used him. So I said, well, to be honest, I have a bill who had to be paid, paid today, $400. I was just walking here saying, God, I need the money today. And then a man with a dog came in front of me. And I went this way. And then I said, God, why do I walk here? And now you stop. And now I can pay the bill. And then he looked at me and he looked at the $100 in my hand. And he said, just keep the money and give me the bill. Where do you live? And I told him where I live. And he said, in four hours and three hours, I'm at your place and you're going to give me the bill. And then I'm going to pay it. And he jumped in the car and he left. And suddenly I was standing alone down this road with $100 in my hand and the bill was gone. No man, no dog, no man in the car, alone, me and God, $100 in my hand. And I was like, whoa, and came home to my wife. God had just done this and told her the whole story. And, and it's so amazing how when we live out there, we can see the same thing Jesus said. God is providing for his harvest. He's doing things. He's using people to do it, of course. But God is providing. And $100 is not enough to go to Copenhagen or back again, but, but I could almost come there. But what happened was he came three hours later. Do you have the bill? And I said, yes, thank here. And he said, thank you. And then he gave me $400 more and went. And suddenly the bill was paid and I was standing with $500 in my hand. More than enough to go to Copenhagen and back. So on Friday I was going to Copenhagen. And, and on my way there, God spoke to me, Roman 1.11. I look forward to seeing you, Paul is saying, so I can give you of the spiritual gift, so we can rejoice in our common faith. And I experienced God spoke that to me. And I came in with some friends to a small apartment where the guy, 23 years old, from Pakistan, who had wrote to me, was staying with his mother and his brother. And we are sitting down and eating. After we have eaten some food, I said to the brother, the mother, you are Christian? And she said, yes. But Christian can mean a lot. Are you Catholic? Are you Baptist? Are you saved? Are you baptized with the Holy Spirit? Are you religion? What are you? So, so I asked her, what about the Holy Spirit? Do you speak in tongues? And she looked at me and said, no, but that's why you are here. And I was like, whoa, I didn't know anything. I didn't know why I was there. Roman 1.11, I look forward to seeing you so I can give you the spiritual gift. So somehow God had been dealing in them and they saw that they needed something. And God had said somehow, send for Torben. And the Holy Spirit gave me a dream and sent me there. Almost like Peter and Cornelius. And suddenly, and she said then, now we have to go to the apartment next door where my daughter is living. So we went to the next apartment and I came into a small living room like 30, 20, 30 square meters. I, I, and I was standing there and I was looking around on, 
all of those people. There was 20 people gathered from Pakistan. One was saying, sitting and playing a drum. Uh, many of them were like religious when it came to Christianity. There was seven who was Muslim. And, and to be honest, I don't think anybody really was born again. I don't know, maybe a few of them. But I was standing there and I was looking at all of those people. And I was almost standing behind the door because there was not room for us. And I was like thinking, whoa, God, what a funny face. Whoa, two weeks ago, another end in Denmark. God gave me a dream. Two weeks after, I'm in an apartment with 20 people I have never met before. Almost like Peter in Book of Acts chapter 10. And there God came, the Holy Spirit came. One guy, I prayed for him, he fell down when he came out. He said he had like a tumor or something in the side who was gone. And he saw like a cloud came down from heaven and touched him when I prayed for him. A woman had a demon, she was falling out the door. You could see the demon in her face. And then come out and suddenly left her. And you can see in her face that she was free. And she told me afterward that when I prayed, she, she saw some eyes came from her stomach and looked at her, two eyes. And then she heard far away, come out in the name of Jesus, and it disappeared. Many got saved, baptized in water and the Holy Spirit that night. And first time we baptized people, I think we baptized five people. Next time we were there, more people got saved, more people got baptized with the Holy Spirit. One man, when he got baptized in the Holy Spirit, he was standing, it was not me who was praying for him. Uh, I just... The, the way we did it, I went to a room, took one person in, took a disciple in, and I said to him, look, open your eyes, look what I'm doing now. Now I'm going to pray the Holy Spirit to come over them, and they're going to get baptized in speaking tongues. I read for that. And I prayed, and this person got baptized with the Holy Spirit and started speaking tongues. And I said, now you saw it, you take the next one. Next person in, put him, and now he was going to do the same. And this person got baptized by him praying. So this is the way we work, discipleship. And suddenly we heard a noise in the other room. So I went to another room and they had just prayed for one more people, the new people who, who I have with me who got baptized with the Holy Spirit. And it was so amazing because he was standing like this. Speaking tongues and standing like this. And I was like, what is happening? What is happening? And he told us when they prayed for him, suddenly he saw a hand come down right on the wall, and when he was reading what the hand was writing, he was speaking in tongues. Love it. That night we went out, baptized four, five, five persons more, and we had a party at 12 o'clock in the night, and we were standing and jumping and worshiping God out with the ocean. This is what I experienced. And my friend who wrote to me at that time, this is my family now, my Pakistan family in Copenhagen. They have their fellowship, they have a church, he is pre uh, preaching, he's traveling to other countries in Pakistan also having meetings, he had meetings in Denmark, he's getting invited out. And because he got that DNA from the beginning, so he's praying for people, people get healed and saved through him. My story almost looked like the book of Acts chapter 10. What is the difference? Of course, this is in the Bible. And this is the word of God, and it happened 2,000 years ago in Israel. My happened a few years ago in Denmark. We're talking about the West. What is the difference? The difference is that I got an email and I took the car. This is the difference. Cornelius didn't send an email to Peter or write on Facebook or call him. 
and Peter didn't took, take the car to Cornelius and his house because there was no cars, there was no email, Facebook and all of that. There was the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit had not changed. It was chapter 10. So we can experience the same we read here. If we go two chapters back, you can read about Philip. And often we think when we read about Philip, oh, the evangelist Philip. And this also, when I tell this story, I'm going to come into this, then many is like, oh, the evangelist top. No, I'm a disciple of Jesus Christ. And because I'm a disciple of Jesus Christ, I tell you these stories. Unlike Peter, Peter, he, the, okay, the Bible says the evangelist Peter, or Philip, sorry, Philip, the evangelist Philip. But Philip, he was not chosen to go out and preach the gospel. He was a man filled with the Holy Spirit, and he was chosen to help with practical things at the table. You read about that in the book of Acts. And because of persecution, he had to leave his table work, and he came to Samaria. Because of persecution, and there he saw the Holy Spirit, God was working, and a lot of things happened. I want to say, it was not the Holy Spirit somehow who spoke to Philip, go to Samaria. No, it was the situations around him. It was the persecution that made him go there. I have many people in churches are waiting to be led by the Spirit. But Jesus had one time said, go and do it. And when you stand up, use your feet and go out on the word of God, then you will be led by the Spirit. Because like Philip, he came to Samaria because of persecution, because of what happened around him. But when he came there, he saw amazing things. He saw many people get saved and healed and everything. He experienced that. And while he was there, out in action, he experienced how the Holy Spirit also led him. So one day, an angel like spoke, to, or the, the Spirit spoke to him, go to this place, this is desert. And there he went. It was desert, not so many people. And there they came a carrier with a eunuch. And God spoke to him, go there. And he ran there. And he was hearing how the eunuch was speaking and reading out of Isaiah's. And Suddenly, he came up in the wagon, he shared the gospel to him, and this guy got saved and baptized. Love it. You read that. This is Philip. What about us? Can we experience that in everyday life? Yes. Why? Because Jesus is the same. Today, forever. We can be led by the Spirit. You don't have to be an evangelist like Philip. You don't have to be one who's working with the table. You just have to be a disciple. A disciple like you and me. So what I experienced some years ago, uh, two years ago, when I get my glasses on, one day I was walking in our city and I was praying. And suddenly I was praying about the whole part of being led by the Spirit because I saw that we have really misunderstood that, you know, misunderstand that in the church today. So I was walking and said, like, God, we have really misunderstood everything about being led by the Spirit so much. You want so much more and, and it's being in action. We, we have to go out and, and I was walking and praying and talking with God about that. And, and I was in a little hurry because I had to go and buy some food and then I had to go home and make dinner. So when I was walking to go and buy food, suddenly, suddenly God spoke to me, stop, go back. And I was like, what? So I turned around and there was a man and a dog and I was like, whoa, shall I go to him or not? 
But he was standing with his uh, back against me, so I don't want to go from behind. So I was walking like this. Around him and I was looking at a window, like I was looking at a shop and then I turned to see his face and he was gone. And I'm like, where is he? And I was standing there and looking, there was a shop and, and to be honest, everything was so like, I was on my way home. Suddenly God said, stop, go back. I went back and I was standing there and the man was gone. And I was looking at the shop and I was like, God, didn't you say stop, go back? And now I'm looking here. and. And everything seemed so crazy because then I saw that the shop I was looking at was a hairdresser, a hair cutter. But I don't use that. I don't have hair anymore. So I don't go in there and use them, them anymore. But suddenly I'm standing in front of a door to a hair cutter. And I was like, everything seems so crazy. But then somebody came from my behind and said, excuse me, I had to go in there. And I turned around because I was standing blocking the door. And when I turned around, I saw a young boy and I became so glad. Hey, stop, stop. I need to talk to you. Because he had his arm like this under the jacket. And I said, stop, stop. I need to talk to you. Uh, I'm a Christian. I believe in God. What about you? He said, oh, it's so interesting you're asking. Because my mother, she got a Bible. My grandmother, she died three weeks ago. And she had a Bible. And I got her Bible when she died. And I've been sitting reading the Bible the last week, but I don't understand what I'm reading. And I said this morning, God, if you're real, show me that you're real. And I'm like, yes, he's going to show you what is wrong with him. And he have eternal bleedings, but I just knew at that moment he was going to get healed because God had sent me there. I prayed and he got healed and he could use his arm. And I got a really good talk with him about God. Can you see that? Here we have a guy, here we have a guy, who is praying, God, if you're real, I'm reading the word of God, I don't understand it, and God told me, go there, like Philip. So everything we read in the Bible is the same today, and Philip did not experience that because he's an evangelist. I did not experience that because I'm an evangelist. We experience that because we are disciples of Jesus Christ. We are ambassador for Christ, like you like everybody else who have received Jesus. But it's not difficult, it's somehow difficult for us to understand because of our mindset, because of our glasses. Everybody's still thinking, yeah, but, but I cannot, and I cannot, and maybe, and so on. So now we're going to my favorite verse, chapter in the Bible. Chapter 9, you read about Paul, how he got saved, and how he repented. And my favorite verse you read about in chapter 9 is in verse, are you ready? My favorite verse is in verse 10. In Damascus there was a guy called Ananias and to him God spoke in a vision calling Ananias. This is my favorite verse in the book of Acts. In Damascus, there was a guy called, a disciple called Ananias, and to him God spoke. I like this verse. In Damascus, there was a guy called Ananias. There was a disciple, is it written someplace, called Ananias. And to God, to him, God spoke. What happened? God spoke to Ananias, 
go to Paul. He went to Paul. He came in. Paul, he was blind. He had not seen three days. Paul, he came in to Paul's place. He laid a hands on him. Paul could see again. He led Paul to Christ. He baptized him in water. He laid hands on him so he got filled with the Holy Spirit. This was what Ananias experienced that day. Why do you read about Ananias here? We read about Ananias because the book of Acts is a letter to Theophilus about Paul. And because you are reading about Paul, you can see that book of Acts somehow is like a diary of Paul, Paul's diary. You get a picture of Paul's life. And because you read about Paul, we read about Ananias. Because Ananias was a part of Paul's salvation. And because we read about Paul, we know there is a disciple called Ananias. Who is Ananias? We don't know. We don't know. We don't know anything about Ananias. But the Bible says there was a guy called Ananias. Another place there was a disciple called Ananias. And I like this translation. There was a disciple called Ananias. And I like it because it was not a prophet called Ananias. It was not an evangelist called Ananias. It was not an apostle called Ananias. It was a disciple like you and me. And this disciple like you and me he was a disciple of Christ. He was an ambassador for Christ. He experienced amazing things. And that day in his life, he got a vision. Some paper here. He was led by the Spirit. He heard God speak. He healed the sick. He led somebody to salvation. He baptized somebody in water. And he baptized somebody with the Holy Spirit. This was what Ananias experienced that day. And what happened that day, that day we got a small picture into Ananias' diary. A small picture into one day in Ananias' diary. And now you have to listen. Do you think that the things Ananias experienced that day do you think that it was the only thing he experienced in his whole life? No. Do you think, do you think he had other experiences similar like this? Yes. Do you think he had many experiences like this? Yes. But we don't read about it. No. Because the book of Acts is not the book of the first disciples. It's not the book of the first Apostles is a letter where we see a little picture into the first the Christian, how they were living. And I believe that like you have the book of Acts where you read about 
Peter and Paul. I believe you can write a whole book of Acts about Bartholomeus, about Philip, the apostle, about Andreas. I believe you can write a whole book of Acts about Ananias' life. Who is Ananias? We don't know. He was a disciple like you and me. Maybe he was one of the 3,000 who got saved on Pentecost. Maybe he was one of the 5,000 that got saved later. We don't know. But I believe you can write a whole book of Acts about Ananias. I believe you can write a whole book of Acts about the first 3,000 who got saved on Pentecost. I believe you can write a whole book about the first when they came to 5,000 and, and with the women's and with the kids. Because it's not about the apostles, it's not about ministry, it's about the Holy Spirit inside you and me. We are disciples of Jesus Christ. We are ambassadors on earth here. He has sent us. He's our master, master, he's our teacher, we are his disciples, and one day we're going to become like him, he says, when we follow him. So we are small Christ here on earth. We are called to do the same thing he's doing, we are his body. So everybody of us can experience what Jesus did. We can get a vision, we can heal the sick like Jesus, like Paul, like Ananias, you can do it. You can be led by the Spirit. You can lead people to salvation. You can hear God speak. You can baptize people in water. You can baptize people in the Holy Spirit. Because it's not about who you are. It's in, like it's, if you are a pastor or prophet, it's about being a disciple of Jesus. But our mindset is so destroyed. So if you look at the church today, there is only a few people who somehow have a life who somehow look a little like what we read in the book of Acts. And those few people is like, whoa, we put them up there like, whoa, he have amazing, oh, I think he have amazing gift. Oh, God has given you the gift of healing. Oh, you have the gift like a prophet. The Holy Spirit is leading you. And each time somebody is saying something amazing they experience with the Holy Spirit, we put them up someplace and like, whoa, they have something. It's so crazy. To be honest, it's so crazy. Here they're standing with the same spirit, the same Holy Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. They're as much as part of the body as they are. They can somehow do the same thing they are if they just start to walk in faith, go up out on the word of God. But immediately somebody do it like, whoa, they have something special. Everybody has something special. I want to say the book of Acts, you, you, you can call it Paul's diary. You can call it Paul's diary. Many of the chapters is Paul's diary. And that day, it was Ananias' diary. And I have told you some story about my diary. My diary. One day God spoke, one day I experienced getting a dream and the Holy Spirit led me and suddenly I was in an apartment with 20 people from Pakistan I've never met before. It is part of my diary. But as you read with Paul's diary, there was us time with hardship, with persecution, with Paul, he got stones, he got whipped, he experienced a lot of persecution. 
And I believe that everybody experienced that. I also experienced that. It's, it's somehow part of life. I don't experience it as hard the same way they do it, but people, it's just different. But I want to say it's also hard. I have cried a lot. I have fasted a lot. I have prayed a lot. Life is hard. I have gone through times where I almost want to die and say, Jesus, take me home. This is hard. But this is also part of it. And if I should write my diary, my diary looked like this diary, like the book of Acts. Why? Because Jesus is the same. It's not because I'm an apostle, I'm an evangelist, I'm, I have the gift of different things. No, it's because I have get my glasses off me and I understand that there is only one thing Jesus has called us to and this is to deny ourselves, take our, our cross and follow him, be his disciples. And he has given us only one spirit and this is the Holy Spirit. And every gift is inside that one, own one spirit. There is only one spirit and when you have it, you have it all. What about, what about your diary? How do your diary look like? Do your diary look like the book of Acts? If you take your life, sit down and write some days in your life and put it in like chapter 29 in the book of Acts. Would it look somehow the same? Of course it's different. You have a car, you have an iPhone, maybe you take the plane somewhere. Maybe you take the car. Something is different, but the spirit is the same. Do your life look like this? To be honest, many it don't do. Many Christians, their diary look like I went to church on Sunday, sat down, heard a good message. I talked with somebody afterward and, and then I went home and blah, 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 did a lot of other things. Can you read in their life, in their life, do that look like the first disciples? If you don't, something is wrong. Well, I, I want to explain the first time I have like the, the boxes here, you remember the Catholic Church, the Lutheran Church, the Baptist Church, the Methodist Church, the Pentecostal Church. We have different churches, different boxes. If you are in one box and you compare yourself to the people around you, it will look so normal what you're doing because everybody around you is doing the same thing. If you are not a box, compare yourself to people around you, again it looks the same because everybody in that box is doing the same thing. But we are not supposed to be like a blind leading a blind. We are not supposed to compare ourselves to what we are in right now. We should compare ourselves to the word of God. And God has given us, through Luke, the book of Acts, and given us an amazing book where we are going to get a taste on, on what life God has called us to everybody of us. Maybe you are not traveling the same as Paul is traveling. Maybe you are not traveling the same as I am traveling today. I travel a lot. But maybe, maybe you are going home and a housewife with the kids. Maybe you are studying and doing other things. 
But what about Ananias? I, I believe he, was, he had a job. I believe he had kids. I believe he had a wife. He was not like Paul without a wife traveling and could do all the things Paul did. But be, no matter he have a, to be honest, normal life, <laughs> it don't hinder him in e, being a disciple and being an ambassador for Christ. It don't hinder him. Why? Because it don't. You don't have to go to China to be a missionary. You don't have to go to Africa. You don't have to sell everything and travel around the world to experience the Holy Spirit everyday life. No, you are the body. You can do it. You don't need to take a big education. You have to open your eyes, know who you are in Christ. You are like Ananias. Experience. Expect God to give you vision. Expect to be led by the Spirit. Expect to hear God speak. Throw out the TV. Pray fast. Do what you have to do. Be quiet. And expect God to speak. Do what you need to come in and expect that because this is the normal life. Expect to heal people. I don't. Ananias, he didn't have the gift of healing because he laid the hands on Paul. No. Expect to lead people to Christ, to salvation. It should be normal, everyday life. Expect to baptize people in water. Expect to baptize people with the Holy Spirit. Expect that in everyday life. I love in Damascus there was a disciple called Ananias. And then I can say in America there was a woman called Nancy. And one day God spoke to her. In Australia, there was a guy called Jake. And one day God, I don't know where you are sitting right now. But I want to say that you are called to be a disciple like me, like everybody else. And Jesus has called us to go out and make disciples, training them. And this is what I want to do. I want to focus on that also the, the next uh, videos to focus on how we train, how we make disciples. Because if you get trained or if you just obey the word of God, you will experience a life like the book of Acts. And I encourage you to don't stop before you experience that. <laughs> Take, write a diary about your life. Do your life somehow look like the book of Acts? And when we see it that way, we will see that being a disciple, a Christian, is so much more than just coming to church Sunday morning, three, two, three hours, or coming to a meeting Wednesday night. But the most Christians do that. Come to a church Sunday morning. Come to a meeting Wednesday night. This is what they do. If I ask them, do God speak to you? Do you heal people? Do you lead people to Christ? Do you baptize them in water? Do you baptize them in the Holy Spirit? For most, most, most Christians today, the answer is no, I just come to church. But this is not the normal Christian life. And the Reformation we are standing in front of, 
The focus is to come into a normal Christ and to make disciples. And remember, this is our highest calling. The highest calling is not to be a prophet, an evangelist, a shepherd, a teacher, or what you have. We are all ministries. We are all called. The highest calling is to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. Is anybody in Christ his new creation? He's sent here on earth as ambassador for Christ. This is our calling. I want to continue next time. Continue reading the book of Acts and, and, and let it stir up in you. Let it stir up. And remember, Philip got led by the Spirit when he was in Samaria. But he didn't come to Samaria led by the Spirit. He came to Samaria led by things happening around you. Often, I think our problem in church, many is standing and waiting for a leading, a word from God. But God has already given us a word, this word. And when Jesus in Luke 10 say, for example, go out and heal the sick, preach the gospel. If you go out and lay your hands on the sick, you will see them get healed. If you act on the word of God, you will see them get healed. And when you are acting, when you are there and you expect God to lead you, you will experience how he's leading you. Like Philip experienced how God led him. I, I went this, so, uh, this video with a song. I just need to take a book here. Uh, a song with my wife. It's like that. My wife and me, we went to a journey some years ago. And I've written some books about what happened there and one of the book is christian disciple or slave and through that journey you can read it on my website or, or soon buy it on amazon and through that uh, journey one of the things we changed was what is it to be a disciple what is it to follow christ and and what i'm doing my wife is very different from me she's a different kind of person but we are serving god together She's with her music. She's also praying for sick people and they're getting healed. Uh, but we are serving God together. And our focus, we are not like, oh, we want to be a pastor, we want to be a prophet, or we want to be an evangelist. We, now I have to, I, I use the type of evangelist because people call me that. But our focus is to be a disciple of Jesus. This is our only focus. How is it to be a disciple of Jesus living today? This is our focus. And my wife has written a song about following Jesus. And uh, you're going to hear that song now. And then I look forward to be together with you again next time and see what God is going to do. Because as you can see, we are continuing building on this foundation. And uh, I think God is going to do a mighty thing inside of your life. So God bless you. Listen to this word in my wife's song. He, her name is Lene. Listen to the word. Let the Holy Spirit touch you. Think, what are you living for? Are you ready to take up your cross, to follow Jesus, to be his disciple? Do you want this life? God bless you. Bye-bye.